Welcome to the I Give a F1 podcast. I'm Allison. And I'm Lynette. And we're here to talk about the latest news in Formula One. So welcome back, everyone. It's race week, finally. And we wanted to do an episode before the weekend going over some of the news that has come out during the summer break. And today we have a guest with us here to chat about some of that news. Yes, we do, Lynette. I'm so, so, so excited to introduce to you guys Brad from Furious Motorsport. Um, he is he actually owns a company that specializes in baseball jersey inspired F1 merch. Did I get that right, Brad? <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's accurate. Okay, perfect. So we wanted to have Brad on today to kind of talk about like business, merch, F1, but then also go over some really fun topics as well. Like obviously we've had a lot going on in the summer and we're just excited to kind of have this episode to give to you guys right before the weekend starts. Um, but let's go ahead and get to know Brad a little bit. So Brad, tell us about your company. When did it start? Yeah. Well, first off, thank you for having me on. I'm excited to be here yeah. and excited to chat about, um, all of the silly or not silly season stuff and looking forward to this first race back. Um, so, uh, I, uh, sort of launched furious motorsport with my brother and I can't forget to mention Colin. Um, Colin is my uh, younger brother and sort of co-founder and partner in crime. Um, we wanted to start something in the formula one space that was a little bit different, something that, um, could kind of connect with this big new American, uh, F1 audience and, uh, launched furious motorsports back in March of 2022. So we've been sort of kicking for a little over a year and a half or I guess a little less than a year and a half. Um, and so not that long. The, yeah, not that long. Um, yeah. And to be completely honest with you, it was launched as really a fun side project where I could take some of my design passions and um, some of my entrepreneurial, you know, pursuits and try and test something. And we were incredibly lucky to get a ton of positive um, reception. Um, social media, um, you know, the sort of the viral boost was incredible and it was able to, we were able to get to a point where this is now sort of my full-time focus and it's kind of what I get to do day in and day out, which has been amazing. So we're incredibly grateful for our fans and incredibly grateful for this, you know, fun opportunity to kind of launch something new in the motorsport space. Awesome. Cool. So how yeah. long were you a Formula One fan before 2022 when you started? Yeah. So I've been into sort of, I guess I could say I've been a car person since I could walk. My dad has a, a collection of uh, classic cars and there's like a core memory of me kind of sitting in the, the passenger seat of his car, driving around at cars and coffee. And I think that formed my love for sort of automotive motorsports. Um, I had been to quite a few indie races at um, the Long Beach Grand oh, nice. Prix growing up and loved that experience. Um, just the general open wheel racing was super fun. And it wasn't until I was in sort of late high school that I sort of introduced to Formula One and it was definitely at a distance. Like I knew the sport, I knew that it happened in Europe most of the time. Um, and other than that, that's kind of all I knew. It wasn't until 2019 that I actually sort of fell deep in love with it. Um, of course, Drive to Survive was, you know, part of that process. Um, I have to give a little bit of credit there and um, got a chance to go to Coda for the first time in 2021 and then was officially in love. And kind of, you know, fell down for, I guess, uh, grew up from there. Yeah. That's amazing. So ha had you been to Austin before? No. So my first trip to Austin was in 2021. Um, I was 
you know, funny enough, I was almost forced by a friend. Uh, a good friend of mine, Ben, was like, we need to go. And he was the one who put the whole plan together. And I was like, oh, it's expensive. I don't know. And got a chance to go for the three days with just a, a general admission pass and loved it. Um, and it sort of sparked this curiosity about maybe doing something in the motorsport space from a, a business perspective as well. That was my next question was, where did you sit? And I feel like as like a first time race attendee, sitting up on that hill is like such a cool experience. Did you get to go up oh, there? Yeah. yeah. That's one of the great things about uh, Coda is that the GA passes and the sort of the hilly, all the turns have great places for you to sit and view. Um, it's it's maybe one of the better ways to, to sort of see the race because every day you can sit in a new place and get a new perspective. Um, I forget where we sat for the first year. I think we actually watched the race from the fence at turn one. So I was like standing the entire race, holding onto the fence at turn one, getting like <laughs> squished against the wall by people. Um, but yeah, no, uh, great amazing. experience for my, my first trip. That's amazing. I bet it was hot. <laughs> it's always hot. Yeah. Oh my gosh. And like, yeah. oh man. Yeah. I, especially like, you know, trying to, to dodge the heat with like a big cowboy hat on looking like a Texan. <laughs> That's always the vibe. Oh yeah. You've got to pull out all the, the Texan gear. A hundred percent. I'm an aspiring Daniel Ricardo. So yeah, there you go. Oh, okay. Is he your favorite driver? <laughs> you know, I try to keep my driver preferences fairly neutral because oh my gosh, in same. this, yeah, we I mean, do. especially <laughs> I know for you guys as podcast, podcast hosts, you guys have to be able to sort of, um, speak yeah. kindly about all the drivers we have to make interesting stuff for all the drivers. And so I also feel like an equal sense of, you know, responsibility to all the drivers. But um, I will say Lando Norris has a special place in my heart. So um, yeah. you know, I'm a Lando Norris fan, but uh, yeah. You're not alone. He has a lot of fans. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. Um, so, okay. That, that brings me to my next question. So which, okay. So this is kind of fun. I wanted to have like fun and figure out what your style is for vacation. Um, okay. which F1 driver would you be on summer break? So, you know, we saw Max, like obviously he was on, you know, a yacht, but we also saw him racing Aston Martins, like on the freeway. So like, that's kind of mm. cool. Um, would you want to be him or like a Charles Pierre Esteban Alex type on a yacht in like the South of France? Or would you prefer like Alonzo karting day? Like that would be really cool. Yeah. Um, there were, I think Lando was, you know, hitting the clubs and then I had, um, we also had, you know, Bottas. He was in, where was he in Aspen for like literally yeah, almost Colorado. the entire break? Yeah. I was like, dang, I could have ran into you because I was there in July. But, um, and then I was thinking like George or Daniel at like a music, George and Daniel, like at a music festival. So what would be like your, your best spot for a vacation? And, yeah, and that's with a the driver, of course, too. But <laughs> Great question. Um, if I take all of those, I think I have to find myself on a sailboat somewhere off the coast in the Mediterranean on like a, a yacht vacation. I think I'd be like a Charles, like with the just the friend group on a boat, um, trying yes. to enjoy, trying to go sailing. I I have a passion for sailing and I never get a chance to really do it. So I would definitely take that opportunity to go sailing somewhere in the Mediterranean, I think. Yeah. I mean, I feel like it's not a super hard question, but I feel like a lot of people would probably want to be on a boat like during the summer. Well, but you know, but... I like the idea of going to Colorado or maybe extend that to like Montana and just spending yes. it somewhere beautiful and green with rolling hills going on hikes. 
I, I think the photo he posted has, he's got a new cowboy hat on and he's holding a beer. Like <laughs> yes. that's not a bad vacation either. I think those are all good options. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. What about you, Lynette? <laughs> um, so I would actually not want to spend too long of a vacation on a yacht, <laughs> on a boat for that long. So I would probably go with maybe like Max, how he did it. I saw there was a lot of pictures of them at beachside hotels and, you know, resorts. And then sometime mm-hmm. out, um, you know, in the Mediterranean for a little bit. But yeah, I don't know if I would do like a full long vacation just hanging out on a yacht. I'm okay. not like a, yeah. a boat ocean person. <laughs> I feel like I would probably okay. get seasick or something. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I would definitely love a mix of like a yacht, but I think a music festival with George and Daniel would be so much fun. Like, I'm just like, especially when Martin Garrix is your best friend. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. yeah. yeah. Um, but then obviously like, couldn't ever say no to like an Alonzo carding date. Like that would be so awesome. Yeah, That would be, you know, fun. like the legend. Yeah. So, um, yeah, they, I think they all had great summer, summer plans, but you know, only, only if we had that much money. (laughs) Oh yes. We can only dream. (laughs) Yes. That is one of the funny things about, uh, the F1 drivers is whether or not it's real or not, what they post on social media is just the most like lavish, luxurious lifestyle ever. And it's, wow. It just looks like a lot of fun. My brother and I were just making jokes about that earlier about like, wow, like, I really think we need to figure out a way to buy a yacht or something. I don't, I guess we need to live up to those standards. <laughs> I know it's so crazy. Or at least have enough money to rent one and then. Or that. Yeah. <laughs> and then have somebody Which else is deal with it. not cheap. I mean, some of those boats rent for a hundred thousand dollars plus a week. Yeah. So a week. Yeah. Crazy. Pricey. Yeah. All right. So let's get into some news with that. <laughs> some news that was, um, happening during the summer break. I feel like there was quite a bit of news this time. Um, so we kind of, is it like a bunch of silly news or yeah, yeah, there was some news that I just feel like, is this even real? I mean, what are we, are we bored that we're coming up with these, these news topics here, but, um, we picked a couple of them to talk about. So the first one, um, we're gonna get into is about the DRS. So this is something that mm-hmm. isn't, they say there's talks about and it's not really anything serious for right now or the near future, but um, it's been reported that there's talks about banning DRS during qualifying. So DRS would only be used during the race. So Allison, right. what do you think about that? So, okay, we've talked about this before. Um, like I think a couple of episodes ago, we were talking about like what our ideal situation would be like to change in Formula One. And I think yours was a really interesting concept to like, I guess, like limit the amount of times someone could use DRS during a race. I think that would make it really interesting. I just don't see how this regulation would change the outcome of any sort of race results this year because I mean, at the end of the day, you don't necessarily like you need. Okay. I I understand the whole concept of DRS, right. But it's like, if you have a faster car in general, like Red Bull does, they're just going to dominate every single race, no matter what. So I don't know. I think if you have the pace in your car, like there's really, it's not going to change much in my opinion, but it would That's- potentially make it very interesting to contrast qualifying versus race. So having qualifying being maybe handicapped a little bit by not having DRS, 
it could make some really interesting sort of pole position setups where you would get some drivers that maybe normally wouldn't place very high. And so your mm-hmm. first lap, you, you could have some more drama, let's say, um, we'd see McLaren up, uh, you know, starting uh, top of the grid more often than we would usual. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I see that as being just an interesting way with everyone. You know, I feel like I get this complaint a lot where people are like, this season feels boring. You know, the season, because of the way that, you know, Red Bull is dominating, I'm, I'm sort of supportive of anything that just makes the general sport more interesting. I don't know. Do you guys feel the same way or how do you feel? Um, well, I don't, agree with getting rid of it for qualifying because to me qualifying is supposed to be you know you're going all out you know who's going to set the fastest lap um so i don't think that they should be trying to change things just especially just to kind of make people happy because they're bored of having red bull mm-hmm. or max win because um, when it comes down to it i mean formula one is about the fastest car the best driver you know the driver that can get the most out of that car and when we start making changes because of that. I mean, I think, you know, where is F1 headed then? They're kind of Mm. losing what they are supposed to be, which is, you know, make the fastest machine and go the fastest with, um, you know, and DRS is one of those things that they have in place to get to help them out, you know, and also you mentioned that one of your notes was maybe limiting DRS. What was your what was your kind of thought on limiting DRS? Uh, well, like think, the amount of times. Yeah. So, Got you. Okay. Mm-hmm, during the race. Um, and I think actually it was Mombi that said that, um, Allison. Mm. So she had mentioned was that. It? Yeah. Yeah. That, um, that might have been about it. having just like a certain amount of times that you can use DRS during the race. And then that way it's more of like. It's a, more strategy. Yeah. Versus just every single yeah. time or everybody getting stuck in a DRS train, you know, yeah. <laughs> which is a big problem this year. Which is all yeah. the time. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, um, Yeah. I mean, it's hard to know what the answer is, but (laughs) yeah. And I just, (laughs) you mentioned like the people who say this year is boring. Hmm. I mean, I don't know. You can say that about about seasons before this, you know, that, you know, when Mercedes was wearing it, winning and back then when Red Bull was winning. And I mean, if you're bored and you want to penalize the fastest car, then I think you're kind of missing the point when it comes to Formula One, when instead of trying to get the ones in the back to perform better or build better, better cars. So I think mm-hmm. the people that are saying that it's boring, I think, you know, maybe like Allison said, the Americanized way, and maybe they got into it in a season that was kind of really exciting, which technically is like a one-off because it had, it wasn't <laughs> like that for many years. So they're kind of now seeing what it really is like. And it's most likely going to be like this going forward, just like it was in the past versus having a lot of competition all the time in the front and and kind of seeing who's going to win. So I think we need to focus or the F1 needs to focus more on getting the guys in the back to perform better. Mm. Yeah. I always like hearing Lynette's answers to things because <laughs> we're, we're a lot different and we're all a lot alike in some ways, but, um, but I can always trust you to like, give me more perspective than what I know. So it's nice. <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs> okay. So anything else, 
Any to say on that? No. Okay, so no. let's move on. I'm with you. <laughs> Okay, so this is uh, like all our news is pretty much on changes that might be happening. So the next one is um, there's been talks about another Formula One team coming in. um, And there's actually been talks about like one or two. But in um, September, they're going to finally come up with the decision to see if they are going to have that extra team on on the grid. So, Brad, what do you think about having one or two or however many extra teams now on the grid? Yeah, I don't know. I um I haven't really made my mind up yet about it. Um I did some research kind of digging into the logistics of how it would work. Um and to be honest, it's pretty expensive for a new team to join. It's a two hundred million dollar minimum buy-in just to get onto the grid. And then from that point forward, there's a ton of intricacies that would have to happen to get that team integrated and what does that do to the rest of the structure of the sport? Um, so I don't know, how do you guys feel? Do you guys want to see like an expanded grid or are you guys more focused on like, kind of like you had mentioned keeping and just growing the existing 10 that we've got? Yeah, I'm kind of the same. Like I'm in, I'm not sure. I wouldn't mind if it was a team that was going to go, you know, go in there and, and compete and like perform and towards the, towards the top. But if it's going to be another team, that's just going to be hanging out in the back every race, then you know, I don't see the, mm. the point. Like what, you know, that's not going to bring anything to the fans or or the sport or anything like that. So I'm kind of like torn whether we should or not. I think it just Do you guys want to see, because one of the things I did read was in sort of this potential Andretti Cadillac team, there would be a for sure addition to the grid of an American driver, um, which you know, maybe selfishly, I do like the idea of there being at least another American on the grid. Um, that would be, I guess, one of the pluses is just potentially getting another American on the grid. But I don't know. What do you guys <laughs> think about that? Yeah, I think with um, Logan Sargent kind of being on the chopping block um, at Williams, yeah. it's I mean, you never thought that this would be where he's like ended up. Um, and now all of a sudden we're like, is he going to race next year? So, I mean, yeah, selfishly as an American, I would love to see an American driver on the grid. So if Andretti was to, you know, join as a team, then I I would want to see it. Yeah, for sure. I've also heard of, um, you know, rumors that obviously rumors, (laughs) the summer's been, had a lot of them, but, um, of them saying that Andretti could even like take over one of the teams, um, one of the the weaker teams, you know, funding wise um, mm. on the grid. So we'll see where they all end up, but I don't know that it's going to happen this year. That's, I mean, I would like to see some sort of a change up with, I think there's some teams in the back that have just like really struggled as far as performance And I would love to see, you know, fresh eyes coming in, a fresh name, a fresh new, you know, culture, all that stuff like added to the team would be really interesting. But I don't know that I necessarily want to see a whole nother team on the grid. I also think like, you know, safety wise, it's just a lot of cars. So I don't know. Mm. I don't know that I want to see another team. Yeah, it's going to be interesting too, because in 2025 or six, um, Audi will be taking over um audi's taking over 
Alpha Romeo. Alpha Romeo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So yeah, Sauber. We will mm-hmm. have that one switch over, at least from an engine provider, and sort of te- technical partner. So that's that's at least one step into that kind of switch up that we'll see. Um, yeah. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. So if yeah, Andretti so sure. were to join as their own team, would you want for sure an American driver with them, or would you rather just have them pick? I don't know, maybe just like the best driver possible a or, good driver. Uh, or just do you think like they need an American driver? Well, I mean, obviously you want to pick the best driver mm-hmm. possible. So like, and that's, that's a great point because there are some interesting IndyCar contenders that I think could perform uh, on an F1 level, but um, ultimately, yeah, you need to pick the driver that's going to perform the best in the seat, um, which would probably be pulling up someone who is in a reserve capacity or, I mean, maybe you throw Mick back in there. I don't know. I don't know who you would pick. But um, if there was an American that was available and they could they could honestly earn that seat, I'd love to see him. But I don't think it would be fair just to put one in there just because, you know, uh, F1's becoming very Americanized and they want to, like, align themselves with the audience or something like that. Yeah. I mean, hey, it's their decision. It's a business decision. So if they feel yeah. that the market would if they feel that the fan base would, you know, expand because of that, that's a business decision that they would have to make. But, um, but yeah, I mean, I agree. I think like it it would be really nice to have an American driver, but you know, you got to just see if they can, can really work as well as we would have thought with Logan, you know, being an American driver, I feel like there's really not a lot of buzz when it comes to him and, and us fans. He's quiet. So pretty quiet maybe that's why he doesn't he hasn't built himself a good personal brand um mm-hmm. it's also another one of those cases where like you know i don't know any of the details but i, I do understand that logan Sargent comes from a background with some some money and some substantial um, means and i i do have to imagine that a lot of the reasons why he ended up in that seat have to do with monetary reasons maybe more than his skill sometimes so um you know, hmm. there's probably an American arguably out there who may have been able to fill his shoes with slightly more experience. Um, I believe the, was it Colton Herta who had um, his, he just didn't have enough license points to be able to take over an F1 seat. I'm blanking, hmm. but on the, in the indie driver who was a, kind of a runner up potential. And I may be completely speaking about the wrong individual here, but there was an individual who had a good consideration to, to be a driver in, on, the, on an F1 level. But the FIA, FIA would not give him the certificate or the license that he needed to be able to race in the F1 uh, seat. And Sargent got the seat because of it. Um, oh, interesting. But I, again, I think money played a big part in that as well. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, to your point, Logan doesn't really stand out from the crowd. He doesn't really say a lot. And he doesn't really, um, because of that, he doesn't really have much of a following, at least uh, from what I've seen. Um, especially like we have some jerseys for Logan Sargent and like, you'd think that those would be very popular and they're not, they're not very popular. So <laughs> come on, Logan fans, where are you? I know. <laughs> come on, give us a roar, whatever y'all say on social media. Like, come on, where are you? Like show up. It was, where you're freaking Logan too. Sargent crap. <laughs> we went to Miami this year and, uh, uh, Michelob Ultra was his like uh, sponsor for the event or they used him as a sponsor for the event. And, there was a building in downtown that was like basically like 40 floors of just like a Logan Sargent poster with him in like a beer commercial. And then his performance in Miami was 
brutal, not, not yeah. great. And I just was yeah. like, man, that's, that must've been a rough sponsorship <laughs> conversation after the fact. <laughs> yeah, totally. Poor guy. Oh, my <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. So <laughs> more talks of changes to be made in the near future. Um, there's talks about equalization of power units for the 2026 regulation. So I have my thoughts on this, but uh, Allison, what do you think? No, no. I mean, that's my answer, but I'm going to say you got to have competition somewhere. I mean, if, if you remove all the competition, then, you know, what are you, what are you driving for? It is, I guess it must be infuriating to be in a team where you are like three plus percent down on power. Like I can imagine the frustration that that must be. Um, but yeah, I don't know if, I don't know if somehow capping the, the higher power driver is the solution to the problem. Um, I like your point you mentioning kind of bringing up the bottom, like, I think that's a better way of thinking about it. You know, providing opportunities to bring up those who aren't performing at that hundred percent level. Um, and I believe that's what's in store for 2026, some kind of a new rule around how engine upgrades work. Do you guys, are you guys familiar with that at all? No, not hmm. the upgrade. No. Yeah, but I, I definitely don't see how having the same power units would would help at all. And like I was saying earlier, it's just kind of F1's missing the mark on like what they're about, you know, creating the best machine. It's a team um, sport, you know, yeah. so and that would include it's about innovation being, and yeah, like the a power unit. And for like for those that don't have their own power units coming together with another provider of the power unit, like to just bring all of that together and make the best machine possible. And I think the more they just keep trying to do these changes, it's just going to limit everybody and hold everybody back of what they can really create. So I just, I don't know. I just think these are all bad ideas <laughs> that they're coming up with. <laughs> Come on, do better, do yeah. better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from what I understand, there is some possibility to basically give like to throw a bone to a team that has an underperforming engine if it's like 3%. If there's a 3% or more power difference between, let's say, like the Red Bull Honda engine and like, uh, whoever, you know, whoever the engine provider for Williams is, um, they do have an allowance to basically give them extra dyno time and extra technical time to be able to kind of try to improve their engine to get it up to the level of the highest performing engine, um, which that I do support. I think that does make sense because you do want to ultimately try to get everybody to as level as possible, but there needs to be those opportunities for like technical, mm -hmm. you know, advancement. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so we wanted to kind of cover some of the driver contracts that we've been looking at um, mm. for this next year. So we wanted to play a little question answer. Who keeps their seat next year? Um, so seats still up for grabs. And I just want to hear a yes or a no. <laughs> we can talk it. I mean, obviously, tell, tell me why if you want. But, um, but a yes or a no from, from you guys. So, um, yes or no, Logan Sargent, since we're on the topic. <laughs> I think yes, but I have a reason why. Oh, tell us. Okay. So, uh, similar to the whole money thing, 
Uh, Williams is owned by an American company. And I think that there's a reason why he might stick around that has to do with this whole American connection, but that might just be one possible reason. Um, okay. Yeah. So I don't know. That's my thought. Okay. Lynette. Okay. Um, in or out. I'm going to go with he stays, but I'm okay. not sure, but I feel like at least one more year they'll give him, um, even if it's for, like you said, the money or <laughs> some kind of sponsorships or something, but I think they'll keep him around for at least one more year. Okay. I'm, I'm a yes too. I think, um, after all of the negative press that like Alpha Tauri and Red Bull have gotten from letting Nick DeVries go so early, um, it's just like a prime example of not letting a driver really get, you know, familiar with being an F1 driver and you've got to give him at least a year. So I think mm. for me, I'm going to say yes, he'll, he'll have his seat next year. Um, okay. Next Joe, Joe on you. I think he stays. Okay. I think he stays too. Yeah. I don't really have a reason why it's more just a gut feel, but I think he stays. Okay. What um, about you? I think he stays just based off of, isn't he like sponsored by some major Chinese companies? Yeah, he I feel like he's a lot of money too. So, yeah, I think with his sponsorships, um, they're pretty valuable to the team. And I think he's going to stay. He's, he hasn't really done amazing this year, but he hasn't um, been terrible either. Where I yeah, would say that he deserves And given the car, it's, yeah, yeah. absolutely agreed. Um, okay. Lewis Hamilton, <laughs> everyone's favorite topic. Ooh. <laughs> uh, uh, Lynette, you go first. Okay. I think he's going to stay, but I think maybe just for one more year. And I've said that, okay. I said that in the beginning of this year that I don't see him being in formula one for more than two years. So like two years max, but I think he'll be back next year. That's a very like nuanced answer. I like it. <laughs> I do as well think he's going to stay. I think he might actually stay for two. And then after that, I really want to see a Ferrari move. And that's going to be a possibility because both drivers for Ferrari's contracts end in 2024. So, I okay. don't know. It's interesting. Those rumors like that, that were speculating a while ago, like I know that those rumors were quickly shut down, but I believe he's even, I believe Hamilton's even been quoted saying something along the lines of not driving for Ferrari is like a career mistake for me. So, hmm. I don't know. Could be interesting. I don't think I've ever heard that, but <laughs> I don't <laughs> see him um, at Ferrari. I don't see him being like a Ferrari driver, like that, that's the kind of team that he would want to work with just because of things that, you know, have happened in the past or that he said and stuff. But, um, mm. there was, I did see some reports that he did have conversations with them, but that he turned them down. So, uh, yeah, I just, I don't see that. I feel like that's always something that they talk about every, every time his contract comes is him going to Ferrari. Mm. Cause I think a lot of people would like to see that, you know, but I just, I don't see it. <laughs> um, I, I am like a Lewis, um, 
I'm, I'm a, I'm a, I, I want Lewis to be at Mercedes. I, if he were to make a move, um, it'd be interesting to see if he moved back to like a McLaren or something. Um, mm. since he did have so much success on that team, but I think he's going to stick with Mercedes because he, because he, he is such like a, an advocate for like reform and for change. And I feel like Mercedes like values that contribution cultural wise, like team culture wise. Um, They really are like making so many good steps towards like, you know, diversifying their, their um, staff and all of that. And they're really listening to him, like almost like he's an ambassador type role with them already. And so um, for that reason, I think he'll, he's going to stay with Mercedes, but I think he'll stay maybe a couple of years. And I think he would probably end up, you know, sticking around in some sort of way, maybe, maybe not an ambassador, but like some sort of consultant type way to just continue on with them and their success. But it's just my, my perspective. When do you think that contract is going to get signed? Um, do you think that's going to happen soon or like way I mean, later in saying in this for like they've been saying this for <laughs> since months. before the like, summer literally i read something yeah. yesterday that was like oh they're gonna he's already signed it and they're gonna say they're gonna announce it before the dutch gp i don't think so like i mean it's two days until the race like what are they waiting for i don't understand like i, I just don't think he's signed it yet that's my opinion but <laughs> yeah and um, i and if they do have some you know it is gonna get signed um they must be waiting for something. Why would they just announce it now? You know, I feel like Mercedes yeah. would want to wait till the right moment when they can get all that attention and and all of that instead of just at a random time. Okay, we signed. You know, they like they're they're working on something. They're waiting. <laughs> yeah, waiting okay. to announce it. Okay. Um, so moving on, Magnuson, yes or no for next year? So I'll go first. I think Magnuson is out, and that's my mm. hot take. <laughs> oh. He hasn't, Why been so? doing, he hasn't been performing the same way that Hulkenberg has um, as far as like getting the most out of the car. And yes, he's consistent. You know, he's like a consistent king as far as just like being able to like finish races, but he's not making any points and he's not get, doing himself any favors in qualifying. So I just feel like he's and he, it's kind of showing him up against Hulkenberg that like that Nico is just a better driver. And, um, I don't know. I feel like if there's one driver, I feel like he's going to be out next year, but who knows? Yeah. I can see why, why you're saying that because, and he's also been with Haas for a really long time already. And there's really nothing like he should be the Haas driver right now. Like him and, and Nico should be equal, you know, with the amount of times that they've been in Haas. So yeah, I can see. Yeah him not coming back but i think nico for sure will come back out of those two yeah i i think it's impressive that he had you know several years off and jumped back into a car and has been performing pretty pretty well honestly for having been gone for quite a while like that is definitely impressive i think maintains the seat um but yeah i don't know i don't know for k mag i could see that i could see someone new moving in mm-hmm. um now the question would be who that's the, yeah that's yeah the question so what do you think about Nico, Brad? Do you think he's going to stay? Probably. I would imagine so. Especially with um, 
having a having so much change in a team over the course of the last couple of years, like I'm sure they're looking for some level of stability. And I think they've probably found it with um, Hulkenberg. Like he provides at least some level of consistency. So I would imagine that they probably want to hold on to that at least for another yeah. season. And I feel like um, also his personality and his marketing value is a lot higher than Mag. Like I feel like he's just he's funnier. He's got more of a personality. Like he appeals more to the crowd. He does have that very like Haas vibe, you know, about mm -hmm. him. So I do think like marketability wise, like he, he's not only the better driver, but he's also, um, you know, more marketable. I can see that. Definitely. Yeah. So, okay. Next we have our last two, Yuki and Daniel. So who wants to take on Yuki first? <laughs> I think he'll stay. Okay. I think he'll stay too. Because um, one of the two of them has to stay. Uh, if we talk about Ricardo though, I don't think it's going to happen, but I would very much like to see him take Perez's seat at Red Bull. But the way the season's been going, I just don't think that's going to happen anymore. Um, what do you guys feel You're like about? You're like me. I, I go back and forth every every week, I feel like. Yeah. Um, I think, so as of now, I think Ricardo stays yeah. with Yuki. But, I mean, and that's if Perez, you know, continues to just get get on the podium every race and, and not mess things up. But as of now, I think... Perez will keep a seat for at least one more year and then have Ricardo over there doing this thing until, you know, in two years and what, 2026. And then I think maybe we'll go into Red Bull, but that's as of today <laughs> after this weekend, who knows, yeah. it might, it might change depending on how Perez performs. But I would be super curious what they would have to pay him to buy him out of his contract for next season. Similar to the way that McLaren had to buy out Ricardo from his seat for this season. Um, and I wonder how much money that would be and like what that plays into the decision for Red Bull. Um, but yeah, no, I'd be, it, it's interesting. If you would have asked me that question a couple weeks ago when his, when Perez's qualifying performance was really bad, I would have been like, yeah, like kind of looks like it, he could lose his seat. But I don't know. At this point, I feel like it's a little bit more secure for him to keep it. But I don't know. We'll see. So I'm going to go, I think Ricardo stays another year with Alpatari. I think Yuki finds another seat, maybe mm. another team. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> That's my opinion. I'm going to keep it. <laughs> um, so yeah. Okay. So that was everybody who still is not confirmed for next year with their seat. So mm. That's all we got for the driver contracts. Yeah. But we also have yeah, two so we others have that we wanted to talk the about. The others that I feel like we have to talk about because always people are always talking about them is the Ferrari boys. We have Charles and Carlos. And then obviously we talked about Prez, but then Albon also has been one that's been coming up a lot. Um, and they mm. said that he's had conversations with five different teams. Uh, who do you think those five teams are? Uh, mm. Red Bull. <laughs> um Mercedes um I think probably Ferrari and maybe even McLaren those are my 
I think that's four and whatever. <laughs> I'm <laughs> sure Ferrari has been chatting. Um, I get the sense that Ferrari might be looking for kind of a clean slate something in 2025 because they've got them for one more year. So 2020 beginning of the season, 2025. Um, I just, I get the sense that Ferrari, like the reason why Ferrari may have been talking with Hamilton is just like them maybe looking for something new, you know, clean slate, let's clean house. Let's, um, you know, they've, they've had team principal changes recently. They've had quite a lot of things change. I think they're maybe looking for clean house. Um, so I could definitely see them talking to Albon potentially. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. Um, I definitely do I think mean, that what you... What about Alpine? Because they've got new management coming in. They're not necessarily happy with their drivers or their team principal. So what do you think about maybe Albon taking like a Pierre Gasly or Esteban Ocon seat? That'd be interesting. It's kind of a, a lateral, I guess. Um, sort of. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see that. I have to imagine he's probably client. He wants to jump into a Ferrari seat yeah. or something a little bit. But bit, whether or not that seat's open and available is a different question. Um, yeah. But yeah, he's had a, quite a roller coaster. Um, so I'm, I'm sure he's glad to be performing fairly well and, and sort of looking upwards for opportunities uh, within the sport. So what do you think about, um, Charles and Carlos? Do you think they're going to both extend with Ferrari? I think they were saying that Charles was, they had some crazy rumor that he was going to sign like a five-year contract for like 204, what was it? Like $204 million or something. Oh my Um, gosh. So, and then Carlos hasn't even had any rumors surrounding him as far as like signing with Ferrari. So do you think he'll resign? Yeah, I don't know. I actually haven't dug into the Ferrari side of the drama. I've been a little bit preoccupied with Hamilton and Ricardo drama recently, or I guess Red Bull and Mercedes drama. Um, but I don't know. Um, I don't know. I if I were in if I were in Charles C, I would not be looking for a five year contract. That just scares me, knowing the way that Red Bull or Ferrari's been going. Um, but I don't know. Safety and security is something that I imagine that there's some value in. Um, what do you think? Do you do you think that they're going to go for contract extensions, or you think they're looking for something different? I think they're definitely going to keep Charles. I mean, do whatever they can to keep him because he is like the. Ferrari boy image. Like that's yeah, he, everything. It's good for want. the brand. That's for sure. Yeah. So I think they're definitely going to keep him. I am worried about Carlos. I feel like, um, even though he has been driving almost up to the same level as, as Charles almost every week. Um, I'm not sure that, I don't know if it's something behind the scenes that's going on or what, but I, I don't see the same, sort of like envelopment of like love resources <laughs> and a and yeah for Carlos um from Ferrari but uh but I think that they will extend his contract at least for like another year or two so we'll see yeah who Charles or Carlos Carlos yeah I agree I think they'll extend both of their their contracts yeah yeah, I just think Carlos is a bit less important to them than Charles, but that's just my opinion. 
Yeah. I mean, it's, it's always been clear that Charles was like the golden boy. He was Marchione's, <laughs> you know, little, the future of Ferrari. So that's, he's kind of just taken on that role within Ferrari. But I think with these two drivers, I mean, why would Ferrari get rid of them? You know, that's a great pairing. Yeah. And they need to focus is fixing internally and not with their drivers because why would you, you have the drivers, you know, now you just need to fix the other problems because that's where, that's where all the problems are at. Not with the driver. I don't think they've ever really had a problem with the drivers. It's been, it's been the other things. So mm-hmm. I think yeah. keep them. Mm-hmm. There's an interesting, um, as a little aside here, there's like a little interesting counterpoint to that, which is sometimes being at a team that is performing poorly or just maybe has like bad structure internally can wear off on the driver and maybe even like imprint on them in a negative way. Mm -hmm. And um, I I read an interesting piece about Ricardo's time at McLaren and how, and I think even um, Christian was kind of talking about this, how Ricardo had to kind of unlearn like bad traits that he picked up at uh, McLaren because of the, this is the issues that McLaren had and it's interesting to see how like if the culture is a certain way it can kind of imprint on the drivers in a certain way and um you know sometimes the only way to do that is having like a rapid or a large change and it just resets their mind um not not saying that necessarily a Ferrari is that case but it's an interesting I do see like Charles losing his like sparkle a bit lately I don't know if that's just you know, we're in the middle of the season. Maybe he was worn out before summer break. Maybe he comes back like, you know, a smiling kid again. But I do, I have noticed like over this season, like kind of the disappointment, kind of the, the, the lack of like real true excitement, because, you know, if, if you're a Formula One driver, you, your number one goal is to be the champion. Like that's what you want. And I think to have it so close, like last year with Ferrari, and then just to have it slip out of your fingers mid season to Red Bull, like that was really heartbreaking for him, I'm sure. And so I think that's carried on a little bit into this year and I can see him sort of like feeling drained by all of it. So, mm-hmm. and it's a, it's a weight to carry. I mean, he's, he is like definitely the face of the, the, the team currently, and so I think he holds a lot of it internally and probably it's affecting him in, in, in little ways here and there in his driving, but hopefully he snaps out of it and he's had a great week on a yacht and <laughs> comes back happy. <laughs> um, Definitely. But yeah, um, I think we're good on all of that. I would say last note, Perez, like I think his seat is safe for now. He's, I don't think he's going anywhere. They're not going to break his contract this year, but we'll see. So do we want to get into race week topics, Lynette? Yeah. So we have a couple topics to go over that have come out about this weekend. So one of them is about the taxi drivers protesting. So have you guys heard this? (laughs) I did hear about this. Okay. So apparently the taxi drivers are protesting because they sent them a letter um, that only the taxi drivers from Zanbort and another town were allowed to have access to that area. So taxi drivers from all the other areas will not be able to to have access to that. And so they're protesting and they plan on blocking the roads, um, the entrance into the circuit. (laughs) 
What do you guys think about that? Oh man, that's a mess. Yeah. Aren't they like super into, um, like saving, like, um, I don't know, climate change and all of that. Does well, that, that's a different, that have anything to do no, those are different protesters, oh, okay. which oh, okay. I, I thought they're they also were the there. Yeah. <laughs> those are different. They're all upset. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's interesting um, too. Cause I think we're so used to having access to Uber and, and like these, you know, ride sharing services that like, I know I've forgotten what a taxi was, or at least like the fact that, you know, that that system exists and the permitting that goes into it. And as one of these drivers, I do imagine it's incredibly frustrating to be told like, you can't show up here and like, you're not going to make any money on this day when there's going to be, you know, a hundred thousand people over the course of the weekend. Um, But I will say for anyone who has been to a race, you'll know that getting in and out of the the circuit can be just a nightmare. And sometimes there are reasons why you need to keep the roads kind of clear and only like mandate certain access to certain things. Um, hopefully there's a good bus replacement for taxis. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I, I Didn't I hear something like a very large percentage of the people that go to the race, like stay in tents and trailers and like camp out or something? I know it's like that in, in Silverstone. Because getting okay. out of getting in and out of there, there's pretty much like one way or two ways out, and it takes hours. And that people just stay and camp out because it's so bad. So I don't know how huh. it is there, but good to know for when we go to Silverstone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Bring bring a tent. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so the next thing we wanted to cover was okay. We were going to talk about the orange flares and like the FIA cracking down, but we feel like that's every year. I thought it was really interesting, like just today, which I'm sure you've seen Brad on like social, but all of the trophies have been made for the Dutch GP. And, um, I don't know if you've seen a picture of them, but oh, they're no. very similar to Harry Potter and the Quidditch cup. <laughs> oh, everyone's interesting. Saying, everyone's saying it looks like Gryffindor house or like whatever, like literally they're like these white porcelain um, or like ceramic clay. They look like, okay. Ceramic, like almost ceramic trophies. They look like pots, like flower pots almost. I hate to say that, but like, they are kind of like really, um, minimalistic. (laughs) So I have a little bit of a backstory on the trophies. (laughs) So the trophy is paying tribute to the 1939 version of the trophy that they had. And um, which is in the shape of a cup. See, there's Lynette with all the facts. (laughs) And then, so it's handmade and made out of ceramic and it features the royal coat of arms of the Netherlands and um, which is the lion. And so then the lion is for the first place is gold. The second is orange and the third is blue. And I love that. So see, there you go, people. Don't be hating on those trophies. No, <laughs> I totally was one of them. <laughs> I like what do that. You think? I, I think what that's great. Think? I, the um, I, I, I took a, I took a look at the picture while we were chatting, and uh, I do see the Harry Potter connection a little bit. But uh, yeah, that's the um, the lion. It's the the Dutch um, the Dutch lion. Um, which I know Verstappen has all over his brand is, is the lion, the big lion on everything. Um, I think what they need to do is 
they need to wrap him in saran wrap and put bubble wrap on him so that Lando doesn't break him <laughs> yeah. on the podium. Yeah, I saw, That's I saw a video of them. What are the them. odds? What are the what are we thinking the odds <laughs> are of like another trophy breaking? I think you're going to be extra careful because, you know, just, yeah. I mean, it's the Dutch trophy. Uh, you know, if Red Bull gets it, I think they're going to be extra careful. I saw the videos of them making it and, you know, it looked like a lot of work was put into it. So <laughs> I don't think they want those broken. Yeah. How no, many to, how many parody parody videos do we think will come out like this weekend of them just like you know fucking around pretending like they're gonna be <laughs> breaking trophies this weekend? <laughs> someone's gonna Photoshop that trophy on the the video uh, from yeah. Gosh, what was that? When was that a uh, Hungary? Like, where where did the trophy Belgian? break? Was it Hungary? But was I think Belgian? it was like Bel- was it Belgian and um, Austrian GP? Um, I think the first one was the Hungary one. Oh right. yeah, yeah, yeah. They broke both. Yeah, Whichever yeah, one's Lando has been on every one. podium. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, um, yeah, yeah. Um, so the white trophies are cool. I'm glad they have history. <laughs> yeah, I like this the backstory to go with them as well. For sure. There's also some news with the. Um, you mentioned the flares, which also isn't news, but um, just like the rowdiness slash like disrespectful conduct that they've had over the past couple of years at the event. Um, I read that they're, they basically put together like a whole program to kind of hopefully alleviate that where if you do have an altercation or an incident where someone is inappropriate, you can go report it and they'll actually actively look to sort of solve that problem during the race weekend, um, which is good to see. I know. um, What type uh, of, what type of incidents do you know like anything uh, like specifically yeah a lot of it was like basically assault like inappropriate like touching and groping and sort of um inappropriate conduct to that yeah to some of the female fans um Mm. uh boston who's a member of the furious motorsport team um shout out to 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 boston uh (laughs) she made a a great video recently just kind of talking about some of the um, you know, issues that happened in the past and, you know, a little bit about the changes that, you know, they're trying to do for the race this year. Um, but it, I think it is good that to make sure that all fans can show up there and feel, hopefully feel safe, feel comfortable. Um, I would have never guessed that Dutch fans were going to be the ones that were the rowdy, disrespectful ones. Like, I guess I imagined the Dutch to be very stand-up citizens, but maybe that's just like, cause I've never had a chance to visit. I've, just, I've never been. So yeah. yeah, I would imagine they're, they're very friendly though. I'm sure That's crazy. I guess, Lynette, if we go, we've got to go in groups, you know, support groups. <laughs> yeah. And bring your orange flare so you can fend off people with your orange flare. Um, I, I, yeah, I might come with orange or I might come with a different color. I don't know. Mm. <laughs> we don't, we don't play the, favorites the, here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. No conforming. I'm not going to conform. No way. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Okay, so I think we have, like, one more thing for our race week topics, Lynette. Um, yeah, let's just talk about our predictions for pole. pole well, oh, pole yes. position and the podium for the weekend. I'm so excited for this. <laughs> I wonder. Do you want to go first? I'll go let's first. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay, so pole position. I'm going to go Lewis Hamilton. Oh. And why? Come that? on, I got to mix it up. <laughs> um, well, because they they were looking really strong ahead of the the summer break, and I, if I'm not mistaken, I think they even had like 
maybe a couple more updates coming at some point. So um, I think that they are like set to become like them or McLaren, I think are set to become like maybe second place in the, in the championship. So I'm going to go with a Mercedes driver. And I think probably he's a better qualifying driver than George. So, um, and you know, I think Lewis can really, Lewis has those moments where he can pull out like really great times. Um, and I'm also doing this. I'm also saying him for pole position, maybe as like a little bit of a dreamer, because like, I just don't want to always have the same thing happening for pole position, but, um, so I'm going to go Lewis and then, yeah, I'll, I'll save my predictions for once y'all tell me your polls. Okay. Lynette, what do you think? I'm going to go with Max. <laughs> oh, that's a good, that's, yeah. a, that's, a, that's a good bet. Yeah. That's Which a good I also bet. heard that's they were bet. having upgrades. Red Bull was having some upgrades too. So true. Yeah. So we'll yeah. Yeah. That. And Aston Martin's yeah. having some upgrades too. So we might see some, some new things Something. going on in the race. Yeah. Yes. You, you mentioned Aston Martin. I really want to see Alonzo on pole. I think that would be awesome. Um, that might be a little bit of a internal selfish wish, but I'll, I'll still, I'll still throw that one out there. Okay. Um, so pole position for Alonzo. Yes. I okay. well, fingers crossed. We'll see. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's always nice when we go separate, like separate directions so we can go back and just be like, well, at least one of us got it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I think Lynette may win this one just, yeah, just, probably. just potentially. <laughs> Um, okay. Predictions for podium. Okay. I'm going to go, this one's hard, obviously max for one. And then my two and three, I'm going to go Lewis to Lando three. Oh, okay. I think McLaren still got it. <laughs> All right. Hey, Brad, next? Go ahead. Okay. I'll go. Um, <laughs> Uh, mine is very similar to yours. Um, I think we're definitely going to see Max uh, place first. Um, I kind of think that we're going to see Hamilton as well, but I'm, I'm I think Perez is going to come third. I I sort of see this Red Bull power moving into the weekend. It's kind of their turf, and I imagine that they're going to be on their A game. So I have a feeling we're going to see Perez uh, place three, a third. But I don't know. We'll okay. see. We'll see. Okay. Okay, I'm going to go with Max, Checo, and Lando. I was going back and forth between oh. Lando and Charles. Because yeah. uh, Ferrari might also do a little something since they've kind of been catching up the last few races. So, um, But I'm going to go with Lando. Okay, for third. we got to yeah. write this down. <laughs> We've got to post it on our Instagram and make sure we get revisit on Monday because, <laughs> because I want to know. I'm, I'm very curious. It's going to be fun. I love doing predictions. <laughs> Who wins the um, grand prize of being right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, we're probably all right for at least yeah. first. So. Yeah. Um, so, okay. So Brad, one more question before we let you go. Um, yes. So you said you've been to Coda. You, um, you loved the USGP, correct? Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. So first question, are you going back this year? Yes. So, um, we had a chance to go to Miami this year, which was a ton of fun. Um, we're going to be doing Coda for sure. We have, so we have tickets for Coda. 
there's a last minute Mexico City thing brewing. So okay. possibility. And then we're going to go to Vegas, but it's going to be a little bit different because we're probably going to do Vegas as more of a general spectator around the event. We might not actually get seats just because of, I don't know if I can justify that cost, but yeah. we've got some friends that live in um, Henderson pretty close to Vegas. And so we may just go visit Vegas at the same time that the race is going on. And maybe I can nice. like peek through a fence or something like that. But yeah, that's the plan for the rest of the year. That's awesome. That sounds great. Well, um, we'll see you at Austin because we'll be there. So let's meet oh, up. Oh, awesome. Yeah, that'd be really let's... great. Are you guys going to go for the full three days or just going for race day? We'll be there for the full three days. Nice. <laughs> so we got to... We got to meet up, have some beers. Hopefully all of you guys will, will be there as well that are listening in. And, um, at least a few of you we know of that will be there. So, um, we definitely need to, to do some sort of like a meetup little happy hour or a tailgate or something would be so much fun. Um, that would be a ton of fun. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, um, last question, any race outside of the U S that is like your bucket list? Yeah. So. I really, I just want to be in Monaco for the Grand Prix. I really want to experience that. Um, we had kind of tried to make it happen this year and, and uh, some weddings and things got in the way. So that didn't end up happening this year. But um, that is, that's kind of the top of my list is just going and experiencing that. And then um, I think uh, sort of secondarily, I would really like to go to visit Monza. Um, those are sort of the two tracks that are high on my list. So wh what that about you guys? Well, actually, um, Lynette's been to both of those. Um, oh, nice. and then I've been to Monza, definitely highly recommend Monza. Um, okay. I think Monza might be one of Lynette's favorites as well. Am I right? Yes. <laughs> and um, Monica is actually one of my least favorite ones, <laughs> but I'm sure you'll, I'm sure oh, you'll love interesting. it <laughs> out of, you know, all the other ones that I've been to, that was one of my least Favorite maybe because I was expecting a lot more like different experience, gotcha. but yeah, it's, it's, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was, it's it expensive. was uh, <laughs> one of the first ones I went to out besides Austin. So I feel like, you know, as a fan, like you have to go to Monaco, but, um, out of, from going to other races, it's definitely like down on the list of favorites. Yeah. Well, um, Brad, I just wanted to say thank you so much for coming on today, for spending time with us. We've just gotten like, we've had so much fun getting to know you, honestly. <laughs> awesome. I have had a great time. Thank you for having me. Um, I yeah. always love talking with dif different fans and, and different viewpoints. And um, hopefully we shared at least a couple nuggets of knowledge to the audience. And yeah, hopefully everybody yeah. enjoyed our chat. Well, just so you know, guys, um, apologize. We are audio only on Spotify, but we've got some snippets and stuff we're going to be posting on our Instagram and other social media. Please, please, please give Brad a follow at Furious Motorsports. And I think you guys have Instagram and TikTok, correct? Are you on threads we do. too? We are on threads. Uh, but okay. <laughs> uh, Instagram and TikTok is where you'll find the best content for sure. Okay, perfect. Um, and please, please, please um, give us a follow on all of our social media. We would love a five-star rating. Just hit the subscribe button, hit the follow button. It doesn't do anything to you, but it really does so much for us and it means a lot. So um, with that, we will 
see you back on Monday. next Monday. Yep, on Monday yep. after the Dutch Grand Prix. Let's see who got it right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Thanks, guys. guys. Thank you. <laughs>